What's up, Cardboard Nation? It's another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Thanks for joining us after a week hiatus. We are back for some fun, some hobby news, some product information, some breaks, some giveaways, and a whole bunch more. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, Ivan Lovegren. What's up, Ivan? Hey, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm really good, really good. School's out for the summer. And both of my kids are <laughs> stoked. I'm happy for them. Looking forward to our first camping trip of the season this weekend. And, uh, yeah, just kind of ready to get back in the groove of things. It's weird being off and taking a week off, you know? Oh, yeah. that uh, That's exactly what I'm going through right now is I just realized I tried to go say hi to everyone in the chat room, and I'm not even logged in. Right? You, so, you lost your mojo a little bit? Uh, getting back am, in the swing of things? I am completely unmojoed. You've been <laughs> you've been having mojo, if we can take one of our... Uh, one of our GTS uh, companies' names and apply that to some of the stuff that we've been doing. Um, Mojo Break, awesome guys that I got to hang out with actually last week. Good peeps. But all that to say, if you guys aren't following us on Twitter, Facebook, reading the blog, Rob's hot hand on the show has continued in the <laughs> days off from the show. Um, we are actually giving away a UEFA Soccer Emerald Prism of Iker Casilius, which is, um, uh, sorry, I'm also looking at you live stream. You guys are chatting, and I'm logging in. But yeah, so make sure that you go out there onto the Twitter, check out the blog, find out how to enter, because Rob has mojo, and hopefully we'll bring some more tonight. We've got, what do we got tonight, Rob? What are we opening tonight? Um, we've got 2016 UFC top of the class. And we have a mini box of Top's Finest. Oh, fun. Yeah. Excellent. So we'll give away some hits from there. And we'll we've also got plans. Down. We also have plans to detail you guys how we're going to give away the remaining hits from that box of UFC Knockout we opened a couple weeks ago. So you want to be sure to stick around for that. We got a whole lot in store. We got some hobby happenings. We're going to talk about uh, Father's Day promotion for Panini. We're going to talk about uh, the Bowman Lucky Auto Redemption announcement. Ooh, news um, on that. Lots some, of news. A Bryce Harper jersey story I found interesting. Of course, we'll have Hot in the Shop and who knows what else. But uh, to kick things off here, a couple quick uh, topics. Um, we're going to hear all about your experience at GTS's Customer Appreciation Day at the oh NFL boy. Rookie Premiere. But oh first, boy. wanted to talk just a little bit. I was, you know, there for the Jordan era when they won the 72 games, the first to 72, and subsequently won a championship <laughs> that year. If Golden State somehow manages to not to not win an NBA title, is that potentially the biggest choke in history, and does the record matter at that point for the regular season wins? What's your take on that? Well, I am glad you asked, Rob, because I've been <laughs> thinking about that as a Chicago fan as well, who has enjoyed what Golden State has done. Uh, there's a parallel that maybe I haven't listened to enough sports radio this week, but there's a parallel that no one seems to be drawing, which is the first team in 30 years to go undefeated in the NFL. The 72 Miami Dolphins. Well, in 30 years after that, the 2007 
New England Patriots. I pay no attention to that team. <laughs> well, let me fill you in. Let me fill you in on the past decade. Um, right. Thanks. So they went undefeated. Big story. Going back to that year, that year was the uh, game one was when they were cheating against the Jets and should have actually been declared a loss, so that would have really changed things. But, but they, they were. But that's my point. <laughs> they were undefeated all the way up until the Super Bowl and then shockingly upset in the Super Bowl. So when you ask if this is the greatest choke of all time, I think there are some interesting parallels. And would you consider the way the Golden State Warriors are playing choking? Or would you consider the way the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing uh, astounding? Let's give credit where credit is due. OKC is shooting lights out. If they can keep it up for if one out of, what, two games, um, they will find themselves in the finals. Uh, Golden State hit a little bit of a shooting drought. That happens. But to see them down 3-1, I think, has quite a few eyebrows raised. Choke might be, you know, and that's the word I used, it might be a little strong, but mm -hmm. in my opinion, <laughs> you can't you you can't set the regular season record and eclipse a team like the Bulls and then lose the championship and then somehow be able to, you know, hang your hat on that seventy three wins. It's just not gonna mean the same. I agree. And you know what? You know who else? I'll bet. I would wager that Steph Curry and Steve Kerr feel exactly the same, too. Absolutely. I mean, and it's so interesting knowing that, you know, Kerr was such an important part of that Bulls team back in the day. Um, you know, on the other sport going on in the playoffs, uh, San Jose is going to the finals, the Stanley Cup final for the first time in their franchise history. Yeah. Although many people will say that Joe Thornton, um, isn't allowed to win a Stanley Cup. so. But uh, let's just say Tampa is able to eliminate Pittsburgh. So you got San Jose, Tampa, and then let's go OKC, and let's, let's give the nod to LeBron. From a rating standpoint, I mean, I can't imagine that either team or either league is too happy. The only worst scenario would be is if, what, Toronto won and played Oklahoma? I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, that would definitely be the worst. But I don't think that Oklahoma and Cleveland is the worst either. I mean, you're looking at the second or They've third got some best good team stars. You're right. You're right. in the West, yeah. Um, and it would be exciting to see Durant and LeBron go head-to-head. -head as well as Westbrook has been a beast. Um, so I don't think that's a necessarily a disaster. Uh, I'm still rooting for the Raptors because I think that would be so much more fun. Um, but the real question is, would the ratings, if the Thunder go up there you two are. games to nothing, Yep. then how would the ratings be for that game three and game four? I think they would be higher because people would want to see that sort of potential devastation happen. Yeah, do you think people are rooting for LeBron and Cleveland as a whole to get the monkey off of that city's back if they if he they do make it to the finals? What people are rooting for? I'm not sure. You'd actually have to ask the chat room. So we'll find out in about 40 seconds when the uh, chat room chimes in. Because personally, I've always been a hater when it comes to LeBron. Um, so I am rooting. I'm rooting for the Raptors. I think it'd be even better 
if it, the Raptors went and people continued to make excuses for... Your you audio know, is going from perfect to non-existent. Uh, <laughs> we did just hear root for LeBron. Somebody said in the uh, chat room. So of we got an you, LeBron. So I think that uh, one guy says Rob has jokes. So I think that might answer your question when it comes to people rooting for LeBron to get the monkey off his back. Outside of Cleveland, I think there's a lot of negativity against Joe, that. can you hear him? Well, that didn't take long. Technical difficulties. Yeah, I'm still here. I was giving Rob a chance to talk uh, since he can't hear me. Okay. All righty. Uh, I think that we got it fixed there. Oh. Can, I, can I make a, a small side note? Um, yeah, of course. One, Curry's injured. Uh, but two... Uh, we just had a follower, and I saw, I, I believe he might have been the one that tweeted us, um, but he he mentioned, uh, um, thanks for posting the article on Alfred. Now his cards are doubled on eBay. So I don't know if you noticed, but on the GoGTS.net blog, we do a segment called Future Watch, which we're actually not going to be uh, getting into today. But uh, we featured, uh, what was his name? So wait, Alfred. Is, is that person happy or not happy? Um, I'm guessing, just because there isn't tone in chat room, but there is tone, I'm guessing they're not happy. Um, they were probably trying to collect him on the sly. Uh, I know that I've had that issue before where someone found out that I was collecting something, and then next thing you know, a bidding war starts. But uh, well, I don't yeah. know what to say to that. I don't know if I'm have an apology is in order. Thank you. I need something a little bit more specific to go on. Well, I think I think the good news is that that means that uh, people are checking out the blog now. They're aware of that's a uh, win. Future Watch is, I think, a great segment. Um, you know, it, it tells you about these guys that you might not know about. And I was just going through old cards today, and I pulled out a 2014 Trevor Story uh, Bowman Chrome that I didn't realize that you even had, that? right? Yeah. You're like, who's um, this guy when you pulled it, you know, two years ago or whatever? Yep. Yeah, I have a whole box that I actually need. It's a, rookie cards, draft picks, prospects. I can. It's right there. I really need to go through it. I have no idea what's sitting in there. <laughs> well, it's always fun, and I pulled out some, uh, some stuff, one of the old Twitter exclusives that they did from Bowman, because I was looking for, of course, we're going to do some giveaways later, and so I, I need some numbers. So we've got some refractors nice. and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, found some fun stuff. So that, that's always fun. But something, uh, Anthony Alford, uh, and the guy is not happy, he mentioned. So sorry about that, Justin, but thank you. Thank you to the hobby for tuning in. <laughs> I plug it every week, but I tell you what, gogts.net, great resource uh, make sure you're following on Twitter and Facebook because we like to uh, post the articles there so you can see what's relevant to you. Um, tons of great, great articles there. So, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's the playoffs. That's where we absolutely are at, like the playoffs. Now shifting gears a little bit, did want to. Um, we were hoping to have some video, and we still might from the NFL um, rookie premiere event, but 
due to rights and permissions and all that, we need some continuing approval first. But that won't keep us from talking to you who were able to attend the event uh, with our producer, Joe Fallon. Uh, it was um, an opportunity for GTS Distribution to thank um, their customer base and the stores were able to invite some of their better customers and have an interactive experience with a handful of uh, athletes from the 2016 draft. Uh, give us the, I would normally say Reader's Digest version, but I would date myself. I want something a little bit more than an elevator pitch, though. You know, not that short. So give us some, you know, quick little recap, and then I had a couple questions for you in particular. Well, it was really fun, and thank you, GTS, for letting me attend. Uh, I really appreciate that. But what was really cool was seeing collectors. There was collectors from Chicago, uh, collectors from Northern California. Um, I met a set of collectors from Texas. Uh, all these people that are part of the GTS distribution customer base, and there'd be a shop, and there'd be a top customer from the shop, and they got to go, and if you look again on the blog, gogts.net, uh, they gave me my own column behind the wax they let me do for special events. Um, and there's pictures, and you can see a crowded room, uh, really, really cool. The players were right there, literally sitting five, ten feet from you in, so, in some instances. And they brought in eight of the top uh, 40 prospects and we got to do a Q&A with them. Uh, Tracy Hackler led it, but collectors were also able to ask questions. And then they did another station where they had rookies breaking packs. Uh, they previewed Panini Classics Football, which is a pretty fun product. It's got some good nostalgia behind it. Um, it's got that thick card stock that, uh, that people love, that vintage card stock. Old school. I like Old it. Old school, yep. Um, and so it was just really cool. And, you know, they actually, it was supposed to go from like one to, well, 12 if you counted lunch. They also provided lunch, which was fantastic. I got a second plate of onion rings, just onion rings. They were so good. Um, so if I'm looking a little puffy today, that's from a week ago. But, um, they, uh, <laughs> they, um, it was supposed to go from like one to three that the players would be there. And it was 2.55, and they said, well, we want to get a picture with all the players. And then the players just stood there and waited while everybody lined up and got a picture taken with them. And they stayed for an extra, like, 35 minutes, just letting every single one of these collectors go through the line, get a picture. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. Very they, cool. They weren't beholden to do that, but literally Jared Goff, Ezekiel Elliott, Joey Bosa, Corey Coleman, these top, top draft picks were there. And they said, yeah, we got to get somewhere eventually, but we're going to sit and we're going to make sure everybody in this entire line, 90-plus people, gets a picture. So Very cool. You For people who uh, haven't read it, I, I do encourage you guys to go to the blog and read Ivan's article. Um, very well written. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was a perfect recap. You, you almost feel like you were there uh, participating. Uh couple questions I had for you uh, beyond the scope of what was in the article. You Ooh. had the opportunity to obviously interact with some of these athletes and um, observe their demeanor and participation mm -hmm. and interaction with other collectors. Um, these guys are now, you know, millionaires, you know, bonus babies. Yeah. And what was what was the were they still a little bit deer in the headlights were they humble 
Um, did anybody, you know, really surprise you? Yes, yes, um, all of the above. Uh, you could really tell that, uh, for example, Jared Goff, that his father was a pro athlete and that he was really brought up understanding the, the current culture. Um, I'm excited for the guy, Los Angeles Rams, woohoo, L.A., number one pick. They needed a quarterback. Um, but some of his answers were a little more vanilla, kind of like play it safe, like when Tracy says, oh, what show could you binge watch? He was like, oh, friends, you know. Um, <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Uh, he wasn't but, going um, Vampire Diaries or you yeah, know, exactly, Bad. Walking Dead or something. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was really cool because it seemed like everywhere they went, Ezekiel Elliott was right next to Jared Goff. And I know there's been some stories about Zeke's off the field stuff and suspended license and things like that. But he really struck me as a guy who is trying to combine his personality, which Part of why people do love him already is he's got this amazing, vibrant, outgoing personality. But, like, you could tell he was trying to sort of learn from the best or stick around and, like, ask questions. Um, there's a little anecdote I put in the blog about something interesting that he did while signing. Um, so I thought that dynamic was really interesting to see up close and made me a Zeke fan, made me really want to cheer for the guy. Um, the other thing was the wide receivers you get told that these guys are, you know, college stars, especially from the SEC. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk about anything else that went on there at Baylor, but, you know, one of them came from Baylor, which has now been a program that's been skyrocketing. So you think that these wide receivers are going to be divas. And Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadwell, and um, Ricardo Lewis, they were both, or all three, like so humble, very thoughtful with their answers. And one in particular, Tracy asked, uh, if you had a hashtag to describe your season, like at the end of season, what would that hashtag be? And all three of them said something like, uh, you know, pending, work in process, in due time, I think were the, the three. And cool. I thought, that's just really cool that instead of being like, oh, I'm on the Browns and I'm the number one pick, so they got to put me in because they got no one else. Like, Corey Coleman was like, in due time. Cool. You know, and just like willing to take it one day at a time. So, well, right, wide receivers get that you know prima donna label. It seems a lot, as you know, when it comes to skill position players. So it's nice to hear uh, that some of these guys are a little bit more down to earth and and genuine. That's very very reassuring to see. Now, what was their? Obviously, they're gonna put on a little bit of a, a face and a show because they're there representing Panini. But what do you mm. think their their genuine reaction uh, to the product, to Classics Football was? Uh, they seem to have fun. Uh, you know, uh, Derek, Derek Henry maybe wasn't too excited, but he seems like a very close-to-the-vest guy. But, um, like, Zeke pulled, a, pulled I think, a pack, or Zeke pulled a Daryl Revis autograph. And he was so excited about that. He's like, man, I pulled a good autograph. I got a Darrell Revis. Um, and then Jared Goff pulled a Paxton Lynch, just a base card. And he's like, oh, hey, Paxton, I got your card here. And then he gave it to Paxton, and there was a guy who was a fan. Uh, and he's like, oh, man, because they also gave a box to every collector that was there, um, except me. Somehow I didn't end up with a box. Uh, that's okay. No, no, no pain. I didn't need one. I got a great plate of onion rings um but uh so there was uh 
There's a fan who's like, oh, that's really cool. Like, you hit one, and I didn't hit one, and I'm a Paxton Lynch fan. And, and Paxton, like, got up and handed him the card. And he's like, oh, here, have it. And I was just like, it's silly, but, you know, we talk about game used and event worn and all that. And it's like he has a Paxton Lynch pulled Paxton Lynch card. Card, that's cool. Just kind of a cool little thing for a collector to have, you know. Nice. Uh, you said in the article there was about 90 people in attendance. Do you, did mm -hmm. you have an idea of how many shops that represented? Not at all because there was breakers and shops and okay. collectors. Um, so unfortunately I didn't. Uh, I don't know if uh, Joe, the producer, may know. Um, but uh, I'm 40, getting the 45, word. 40, 45 shops somewhere. Yeah. That. That, that's awesome. So, and I did meet one shop, and they were such lovely people—a uh, husband and wife. And I said, "Oh, are you guys on Twitter?" I wanted to follow them on Twitter, give them a little blast out, and they're like, "No, we don't do anything electronic." And I was like, <laughs> but, "Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing that they're still out there, but they are." Yeah. I was gonna say are. I can say that because I know they're not watching because this is <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, but really sweet couple, and I'm like, man, I want a blast. You know, there were a shop in uh, Southern California, so I was like, oh, sweet, you know, give a chance to share that with some of the friends I actually have out here. I do have them. No one's saying that you didn't. Well, that's cool. Um, again, go check out uh, Ivan's uh, blog post at gogts.net. Um, look for Behind the Wax. Uh, Ivan's going to be doing uh, some periodic i don't want to say regular i don't want to put you under the gun but uh we're gonna have to come up with a fancy little you know logo icon for you behind the wax yeah. yeah i didn't we haven't even talked about that we'll put it out there what do you guys think like since i'm like joe collector um probably even worse than joe collector how is that just like the average sort of like throwing this guy into a situation and letting him see behind the curtain Behind yep. the wax. Yeah, I liked what it. It was good. We're gonna we're gonna go with it. Okay. Go with that. Cool. Um, let's shift gears a little bit here. Some things happening in the hobby that uh, definitely want to talk about. Oh, oh, oh! There's a word. There's a big word. It's a six-letter word. Uh, so uh, a rundown of some hobby happenings for this week before we detail them in order. Uh, Father's Day promotion. Yes. Uh, Bowman, uh, Lucky Auto, and Shenanigans or Oversight? Shenanigans. <laughs> we know it's Shenanigans. There was actually guys in the chat room already that were saying, oh, I'll bet you that card's on eBay as a eBay one of one, the Paxton Lynch base. And I'm like, <laughs> they have such, there's such cynicism. We This is definitely Shenanigans, this one. And I agree with you guys. I'm cynical too. But. Speaking of eBay one of ones, I I don't think we talked about it on the show, although we sh we should have. Ryan Cracknell for Beckett Media wrote an excellent, excellent article on the need for the death of the eBay one of one immediately. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to read it, go find it. It's super entertaining, and I couldn't agree with him more. Um, but Can I say something about that, though? And I love Ryan, sure. and I told him this directly, and I tweeted this as well. The irony is nobody analyzes Ryan's article for the things that he does in there to get more views. 
It's full of uh, killer killer keywords, as he oh, actually yeah, absolutely. said to me. And so that's that's my one thing is like we read an article and we're like, man, this article nails it. But the reason we saw that article was because of the keywords in it. That's it. That's totally different, though. It's totally different. You can make the analogy that there's a parallel for clickbait. Okay, fine. But that's where it ends. The whole eBay one of one thing, it's just so played out. Unless it's a one of one, it's not a one of one. I will give you jersey number. Uh, that's it. But the one of five or the five of five, because it's the last and the first, no. And that's, I mean, that's some of the, the biggest atrocities. I mean, the bottom line is you can say every card is a one of one. Number 23 and 99, it's a one of one. I understand that. In fact, actually, I have number 93 of 29 right here, or it's 23 of 99 right here. Um, ironic. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this one we're not doing for a giveaway. It's also graded nine. Um, but still, it's, it's not, I don't think that they're making an assertion that it's anything better. It's search engine optimization. That's what it is. Just like our blogs, just like Ryan's blogs, it's trying to get more views. I'm not saying it's right. I'm. I understand that it is literally a lie, but it's I'm also. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't think half of the people that use the term are smart enough to be doing it for that reason. They're stupid enough to believe that their card is a one of one. Now that's speculation that I can neither argue with nor deny because it's speculation. But I like it. It is funny. I got to give you that, Rob. All right. Oh gosh. Now I know why we didn't talk about it. Um <laughs> No, that's good. Another Rob rants. Rob, I'm going to find you a Bartolo Colon eBay one of one. And it's going to be your Christmas present this year. Um so Father's Day, we're actually getting some mixed feedback on Father's Day and promo packs in the chat room. But this Father's Day, there's one thing. I don't care. I don't care what you think about it. There's one thing that I know you all have been dying for, and I'm excited just because of how many people I've seen that are dying for it. Do you know what that is, Rob? Um, I'm going to make a guess. It's NASCAR. It is NASCAR. Yes. Panini's been so under wraps about this. I even talked to Tracy himself, and he said... We're waiting. We don't know. You know, th it all has to go through the process, just like our footage from the event. It has to go through the full process. So they had so little information, but we have some information finally for all of you people that have been out there harping on NASCAR. may not even be any of the guys in the chat room, but I see it on Twitter all the time. And it's so funny, too, because it's not even a complete picture yet. They released information that really is more geared to the distributors to communicate to the stores, but they know that this information is going to get out to the public. So it's on the blog at gogts.net. Yes. And it, the first thing that struck me was that in one of their bullet points, it says Panini's first cards highlighting some of the biggest names in racing and football. So they couldn't even, they didn't even use NASCAR. They had to say racing, which led me to believe, <laughs> I mean, is NASCAR going to be 
on the card at all? Is it just going to be, I mean, who knows? But they say a PowerPoint is coming next week. So we'll Ooh, probably a PowerPoint. a little bit of a follow-up and hopefully maybe you would have some card images to show. Right now, all, this so is what we know. Just a heads up, people. Next next, uh, next Thursday's meeting, it's not going to be on live stream. It's actually going to be on gotomeeting.com. With a PowerPoint. With a PowerPoint. Um, there will be there will be coffee and pastries. We'll send you all an Outlook meeting invite. Please accept. <laughs> um, but sorry, so, you were saying this is what we know. Uh, it's gonna the Penny Father's Day promotion packs are gonna feature first memorabilia cards of stars from the 2016 NFL draft class. I would imagine a lot of that material is going to be um, photo shoot worn from the NFL rookie premiere. I'd wager uh, the same. Key rookie cards are all going to be serial numbered uh, from NFL draft picks, MLB prospects, NBA rising stars. And then they said, and more. So that might mean soccer. Um, I can't think of any rookie NASCAR drivers. Someone will probably tell me uh, if there are. And then <laughs> loaded with autographs and unique memorabilia. And like we said, uh, repeating Panini's first cards, highlighting some of the biggest names in racing and uh, the European version spelled football. Uh, we'll just say soccer because mm -hmm. this is America. And if um, you guys are like me and you're confused as heck about how this even works, if you go on the blog, we have insider info on how it works from distributor to hobby shop because I always go to my shops and some of them do it, some of them don't. And I'm like, oh, well, how do I know? And sometimes they don't even know what it takes to qualify or how to get it. Sometimes they get it without realizing that they qualified. But you can find out as collectors the details, and you can take that to your hobby shop and say, hey, here's the qualifying product purchases for this year's program. We've got all that down and what the packs are and everything. So kind of fun what? information for you guys if you're like me and have no clue how that whole system works. So what if you go to a hobby shop and... You know they're, well, a GTS customer just went to do this. But I'm, I'm wondering, do you think all hobby shops pass on the Father's Day promotion packs to the customer in the quantity that they're allocated? Like, GTS customers, if you buy a box of Diamond Kings, you get three packs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think there's, I think that's an eight. I think that's an eight-box case, if I remember correctly. So the dealer's getting 24 packs. So for every, you know, box, three packs. Yeah. So theoretically, the idea is to pass that on to the collector. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I haven't heard too many shenanigans. I, I hear more shenanigans about the uh, Black Friday packs being sold as is than I do the Father's Day. So... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. But, yeah, we have all the information on the qualifying purchases this year. And this goes for every hobby shop, not just GTS customers. Panini tells distributors these are the products that are tied to this year's uh, program. And so mm -hmm. uh, Diamond Kings, Clear Vision Basketball, Lux Basketball Classics, a couple uh, draft pick products, uh, even National Treasures, collegiate, multi-sport, a couple soccer products. So be sure to check that out. Well, you know, on that on that stance, and they're saying, oh, God, we're going to be here till like 10 o'clock tonight, my time. Uh, there's so much good <laughs> hobby talk today. Um, but uh, I'm hearing some funny things. 
the in the someone says GTS is legit right after someone else says Ivan, you're towing the company line. What happened? Um, but uh, and I'm like, wait, how am I how am I doing that? But you know, I see one of the problems I have. One of the shops near me, they almost don't intentionally do it, but after the packs have been sitting around because they don't deal in quite as many walk-ins in general. So the packs do kind of sit around. So I think that when they're a little bit bored, they might put some on eBay. Here's the question. Is the Are the packs to reward the collector or are they an incentive to sell Panini products? Who do the packs belong to? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's a. The, the, I, I think, in some respect, it's both people, but initially the dealer has to pay for the product to get the packs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, ownership is nine tenths of the law. I guess it's up to the dealer what they want to do. Yeah. A smart dealer will pass them on to collectors and advertise that and incentivize. Um, customers to purchase from them mm -hmm. and use them as you know bonus material and i think that's the heart and the spirit of the program and that's certainly been you know how panini advertises it and certainly has recapped it in past years mm -hmm. um, they're going to be providing more information and more detailed looks on the knights lance the company their company blog um in the coming weeks leading up to father's day so yeah. We'll get our first look, like I said, next week at you know a handful of the cards. But yeah, um, well, and and I agree. If I were running a business, that's how I would run it. But I'm a people person as well. Um, oddly enough, I know quite a few shop owners that are not people people, people persons, um, and so for them, maybe a lot more of their dealing is online. Like I said, the guys that are really close to me, they're a great shop, and they actually are people persons. Uh, but they also, because they deal in so much vintage and really high end and they've been there for over 30 years, they don't move through the new stuff as much as they find specific stuff and they know who they call. I just got this. You, do you want it? Yeah. Their business yeah. model is just a bit different. So, um, and, uh, so, you know, I think, I think that there's good and bad and in the middle. So. Again, I don't like to judge. Yep. And most importantly, we'll have follow-up information as soon as we have some images available, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this um, again uh, next week when we have those images and once we have Tracy back on in a couple of weeks. Next up on Hobby Happenings. <laughs> I see the uh, actually watching in the window that our producer's already moved on to it. He's like, come on, guys, get this moving. Uh, the... Uh, one of the things that Topps has done in recent years with Bowman is they've randomly inserted a redemption card called the Lucky Auto. Um, <laughs> and this year, no surprise, is Trevor's story. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, you know, obviously a natural pick for him to be it really no other you know detailed information beckett has uh, a picture of the card uh we retweeted it um there's ivan's bowman platinum yes platinum? yep yep 2014 
Okay. And so anybody lucky enough to be holding that, you're getting a Trevor Story autograph. Now, let's talk a little shenanigans or oversight. I love auction news and sports memorabilia. And <laughs> watching Sports Detectives this past week, um, they walked you through the authentication process for a what was alleged to be a Lou Gehrig game used bat. This is another great example of a Rob rant. He did only two <laughs> tweets on Twitter about it, but they were fire tweets. Um, I loved them. Well, it, it was it was just really interesting to me, and I'm I'm just all right. Slow. First off, kudos to kudos to the auction house um, whose name is slipping my mind. It wasn't Legends of the Game. It was someplace on the East Coast. I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, um, John Taub, T-A-U-B-E, is is a bat expert. Okay, uh, people who know sports memorabilia are in the auction business. I mean, if you've been in the hobby at all, you, you know this guy's name. He really is legitimately a bat expert. And so they took it to him. He actually owns a Lou Gehrig bat. And he was looking at it and making some comparisons. And he goes, yeah, see this spike mark where he tapped it, you know, his feet and this that and the other thing and i'm like you know all that shows is it was used by somebody and so they they asked him can you definitively say that this is a luke eric game use bat and the bat expert goes based on all the evidence that i see here yes Unequivocally, this is a Lou Gehrig game use bat. I was my jaw dropped. I'm like, wow! And that's how easy it is mm -hmm. to authenticate, you know, a 70 year old bat, 80 year old bat, whatever. Well, to the credit of the auction house, they wanted something more than a certificate of authentication. From the leading bat expert in the you know country, I mean, suffice it well, to say, they could have put it in the catalog and, on its own merits of that COA, and sold it just fine. Don't forget they, that uh, Garrick did have those titanium fingernails and that weird grip. <laughs> Pretty easy right. one, ID. But to their credit, they the auction house went above and beyond and decided to try doing some photo matching, and they were able to successfully do so. And I said, okay, uh, I get it now. You've got the COA, you've got the photo matching. Uh, if I was in the market for a half a million dollar bat, I'm comfortable now. But to have just left it the way it was, I was like, mm -hmm. wow, on the COA alone. So I'm sorry, I went off on a little bit of a divergent tan tangent there because I kind of forgot That's what okay. story that was. Um, but getting back to shenanigans or, or oversight, um, Bryce Harper's jersey from the game that he had a fight, you might have heard about this last year with uh, Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> I, I heard about it. <laughs> right? I mean, how For about four know? days. Yeah, exactly. Well, Leland's auction says that they've got the jersey that he was wearing when uh, the fight occurred. Mm -hmm. 
Well, imagine the embarrassment, the shock, the dismay, the oops, when Harper takes to social media and goes, um, yeah, that's not the jersey. I, I, I have that jersey, so that can't be the jersey. So Leland says, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so let's, let's get into this a little bit, though. What's interesting is, so they posted it as, it is an MLB authenticated jersey from that exact game. It's got our little hologram that we love, that little sticker. Yep. Um, so in Leland's defense, to start off with, uh, and this gets back to some of our game-worn, event-worn discussions, because that was my first thought when I saw that. It was authenticated by MLB as game-worn in that game. Yep. Without and now, doubt. when you say credit to the other people in the last story, you were saying credit to Bryce Harper here for noticing this and going out of his way to inform collectors, no, I was not wearing that during the fight, which was how it was advertised, because of a weird caveat in that he has a lucky jersey that he's been wearing for like 17, or that season he wore since the All-Star game, I think. Um, there's more details in the Washington Post article. Um, but so, understanding his obligation to MLB Authentics, he gets told every once in a while, he actually revealed this, gets told every once in a while, hey, you need to wear a jersey for us today for our Authentics program. So he said he put on the jersey, wore it for a couple innings, so he did wear it in the game. It's not event-worn. Um before changing it out for his lucky one. So that's sort of the caveat there. I don't I don't think you necessarily blame Leland's up front. No, yeah, I, and I, I didn't mean to allude that at all. And mm. what I what surprised me was that he went public with it instead of having his agent call the auction house and go, you might want to tell him this. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of the era we live in with younger athletes now who are so proactive on social media is that, you know, with a flip of their phone and a, you know, a quick few button types, they can get that information out there. Uh, Leland's. So oh, here, here's my, my thing. Is it enough to say that this Jersey was worn they the, the initial language was this was the jersey worn during the fight with Jonathan Papelbon. Yes. It wasn't the jersey worn during the fight. It was a jersey worn during the game in which the fight occurred. So yes. just those few words of omission are going to cost the auction house tens of thousands of dollars. And I don't think it's any coincidence, I'm sorry, not when it comes to money in this business, that the sin of omission, does that occur more often than we'd like to believe when it comes to some of these things? And I'll leave it up to you guys to judge, but it's not, it's not always what's in the description, it's what's maybe not in the description that you have to pay attention to as well. Yeah. Well, again, in Leland's defense, not I, I don't feel like you're accusing them, but no. what I think is interesting about this scenario is that they did not just switch the language. 
they also added and clarified it was not worn during the fight. Which, absolutely. I mean, so had that, they not, so that would have been, your, yeah, absolutely. Your, your thing there with them saying, this is from that game, this is not worn during that fight. Um, what I find actually especially interesting is this pine tar uh, streak that is sort of the identifying characteristic, how we are able to double double that, like prove that. And the fact that this occurs rather often on Bryce Harper, maybe I don't watch enough Nationals games, but it's like he always rubs his arm over his shoulder. Um, and that's like an identifying characteristic for a lot of his jerseys. Oh, that stain that they mentioned. Yeah, like they show they show pictures from him this year with the yep. same thing and from 2013. It's like he does the pine tar and then he goes like this with it. Um, but uh, but that's how they were able to to tell initially. But I, I just I think it's very interesting. Um, I would blame because there is this is a similar issue too. It's not Leland's. Someone at the game most likely went to MLB Authentic. Um, if it's anything like the Angel Stadium, you literally go and buy it during the game because they'll sell that quickly. So if Trout hits a home run and that bat will be available, like you have to go to the shop right then and there will be like three or four collector guys that are there trying wow. to get it. That's crazy. Um, yeah, have you never done that? Have you never seen that? No, no. I'm very blessed to have a friend that is a full collector. Give him a free shout-out on the show, Mike in Vegas at MK9577. He loves bats and game-worn jerseys, and we've gotten to go and to a game together. And his pockets, apparently. He, he's selective about what he chooses, but so he's shown me the process when we went to an Angels game, and he's like, oh, yeah, so here's here's the balls, and then here's like the list if you want one from this game. Like you got to go do that. We didn't actually buy any that time, but it's it's kind of cool that you can do that. So, so there's a seller out there, some guy that was at that game that immediate—I don't know if it was immediately after the fight, maybe it was before the fight—and then he got lucky and the fight happened, but declared that he was buying that jersey, and he brought it to Leland's, who then just listed it sort of as as is. So, so yeah, Leland's is losing some, but the one that's really losing the tens of thousands of dollars is that seller. Um, and so that's maybe where that error of omission comes in more. Like Leland's has a responsibility for everything else they do, sure. not just sports memorabilia, I'm sure. Um, so they don't want to lose their reputation over something like this. But that individual seller, I'm sure that they're like, damn it. Yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But All right. Poor Joe well, is falling asleep this whole time. <laughs> He's like, you guys are boring. Let's shift gears here. That, that's going to wrap up hobby happenings. We'll leave it up to you to decide whether that was shenanigans or oversight in that story. And uh, one last little thing. I do think it's funny. Uh, the business of sports memorabilia has become so big. I remember Barry Bond saying that he was, he was changing jerseys every inning hmm. um, leading up to certain records and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just interesting. Probably because right. they all had a hole in them. 